Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast, six steps you don't know to take when you've been diagnosed with thyroid disease. And hang out with me here for just a second, even if you don't have a diagnosis, I want you to stay in this if you're like, I think something might be going on with my thyroid. This episode is for you too. Even if you've been in the doctor and they're like, oh, you're fine. Providers will just check your TSH, one out of many lab values we'll talk about. But underneath the surface, you can have T3, T4, reverse T3, and TPO problems brewing. The thyroid dysfunctions by at least 35% before it shows up in blood work. What I like to say, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So if you think you have something going on with your thyroid, you likely do. And if you don't feel fine, you are not fine. So let's find your root cause. This episode is jam packed with the information you're not getting at the doctors, how to know if you're really going to need medication for that thyroid and what to do. It starts with not faulty genetics, not a confused immune system, and maybe a little bit of hormone imbalance. But here's the truth. Here's how your thyroid disease began in your energy field. You're an empath, a highly sensitive person. This means you have an open energy field that is a gift in allowing you to feel for others deeply and be highly spiritually in tune. So let's dive right in, getting to know our thyroid glands. So from a gal who's had Hashimoto's that started as hypothyroidism, that really started with my doctor telling me I was fine when I wasn't fine, when I couldn't get out of bed and my hair was falling out. But that's besides the point. I've learned a few things and I can promise you this. Your thyroid gland isn't a problem organ to be removed and is your body's most sensitive messenger. It's a gift. When the thyroid gland is creating symptoms in the body, it's time to listen because something else is up. Your thyroid gland's messages don't need to be suppressed with medication or surgery. And if you're interested in pursuing root cause healing, then this episode is for you. So we can all find the root cause of our thyroid dysfunction and our body can heal. Some quick facts on the thyroid gland. The thyroid gland produces hormones that regulate the body's metabolic rate. That's why when our thyroid starts to get a little wonky, we go way up or way down in weight. It controls our heart rate, heart palpitations, weird things going on with with the heart is often related to thyroid, muscle and digestive function. So if you feel like you're not building muscle like you want to, brain development and bone maintenance, that's all thyroid. A dysfunctioning thyroid gland can lead to intense fatigue, Gut dysbiosis, just meaning your gut feels like it's a mess, infertility, decreased muscle mass, and slowed metabolism. Most people don't realize the thyroid is so in charge of 
digestion because the thyroid is in charge of hydrochloric acid production. And if your thyroid's dysfunctioning, your liver is also dysfunctioning and your liver is the horsepower to your GI tract. So if you're like, my gut's a mess, always, always, always be looking at your thyroid or have a practitioner that is knowledgeable and can talk to you about all the concepts you're learning in this episode to help you. The thyroid gland is known as the canary in the body's coal mine. It's known as that because I like to say that, <laughs> meaning it's a very sensitive organ in the body that will signal us with symptoms wherever there is disease present. So I like to think of the thyroid as this little helpful bird, this canary in the coal mine being like, danger, 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 something's going on. And so your thyroid is a messenger. It's not going to be this gland that is a problem that we just have to get out of the body so you can be well again. The thyroid gland becomes diseased, quote unquote, due to infection, toxicity, and nutrient deficiencies. Notice I never said it attacks itself, and we will get into that. The thyroid gland, I promise you can heal and you can feel well again. So let's go through a few myths and truths about your thyroid. I'm going to read the myths and then I'll read the corresponding truths. Okay, so here are the things you've been, some bogus you've been told about your thyroid gland. Your thyroid gland is being attacked by your own body. You need to have your thyroid surgically removed to heal a thyroid disease. It's the only way. Synthroid or levothyroxine is the only way to regulate thyroid hormones. And goitrogen foods, broccoli, cabbage, kale should be definitely avoided when you have thyroid disease in any amount. Here are the truths about your thyroid gland. Your thyroid gland has an infection that is impeding its function. You can keep your thyroid gland and it will still heal. You can use medication or food as medicine to restore your hormone levels, specifically medication and bioidentical hormone. Thyroid replacement is a beautiful thing. Your body needs goitrogen vegetables to heal both raw and in cooked forms. So notice the myths and see if your mind had been latching onto any of them. The problem isn't your thyroid gland. The problem is the physician or the nurse practitioner or the health coach who has never been taught the truth about the thyroid disease. Your root cause is never that your body's just bad and dysfunctioning. Your root cause is a collection of infections and toxicities in the body. Your doctor isn't a bad person or your nurse practitioner or your health coach. They are simply a product of a broken system with misinformation education. Your body's not confused and broken. We are confused and our healthcare system is broken. So today we're going to get into six, maybe I maybe made it seven and added some steps when I was preparing to take when diagnosed with thyroid disease, because the word thyroid Next to the word disease turns quite a few heads these days. Why? Thyroid disease is a modern era common diagnosis. It's like everybody and their mom has thyroid disease, right? Or suspected diagnosis at least. And here's what patients are being told. According to allopathic medicine, which just means like, what is the standard? Your thyroid is under or overactive or... Your body is no longer recognizing your thyroid and your immune system is attacking the thyroid gland. Well, shucks, that's inconvenient. 
So let's lay aside all medical hierarchy and trust yourself as the authority for a second. Ask yourself, does that make sense? Would my body just one day wake up and start attacking its thyroid if I wasn't born that way? Would my thyroid, after all of these years, suddenly just kaput, go out? Feel into that. Do you feel like your body going, oh yes, that's definitely it. Do you feel a pause, a resistance, a heaviness, a constricting, a no? Or pay attention if your body starts to light up, feel expansive, feel like there's a yes. Could it be that the 200 million people with thyroid disorders, according to the AACE, and millions more who have gone undiagnosed, that's a lot, a lot of people, are living in a world set up for thyroid failure. I would like to invite you to consider the latter. Before we get into the effective steps to heal your thyroid after a diagnosis or a suspected diagnosis, let's go over a few quick truths and background information you first need to know. So a few more fun facts. The thyroid interacts with a wide variety of signaling pathways. It's talking to your hypothalamus, your pituitary, your adrenals, your liver, your hormones. It's doing a lot. It's like a signaling center. Its action is modulated based on nutritional and iodine status, meaning if we don't have iodine and the right nutrients in the body, your thyroid ain't doing her thing. It's a butterfly-shaped gland on the front lower part of your neck. It's protected by a cartilage, and when it gets swollen or irritated, when you turn your neck, you can sometimes feel it catch under the cartilage. And also the cartilage can be pushed aside gently by a skilled provider or practitioner, and your thyroid can be palpated upon exam to see if there is some edema or swelling. The thyroid makes two hormones that are secreted into the blood, T4 and T3, and gosh, you want them both or you don't feel well. The thyroid gland becomes diseased. Remember, infections, toxicity, nutrient deficiencies. There's nothing wrong with your thyroid gland. It's simply a messenger. So I want to get into some cold, hard truths that your doctor isn't telling you simply because they have not been taught this. And this is all about the thyroid. Women are the much higher risk population of thyroid disorders due to a myriad of reasons. Number one, family history, generational trauma of blocked throat chakra, suppression of truth runs in families and the energy manifest in the physical center of the thyroid. You were one day chilling in your grandma, <laughs> in her eggs, in her ovaries, in her egg, because you were just one. And she probably went through some things that she wasn't able to talk about or say, because we live in a society that for the most part honors the masculine and prioritizes the masculine over the feminine. And so the thyroid is also an energy center, which we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast. So stay with me where if there's a lot of things not being said, that energy center starts to get weak and broken down. And if you're not using it, it's like a muscle, it's going to deteriorate. So that is number one, family history. That's why women were more likely to have thyroid disorders. 
and notice it was much more to do with energetics than it was genetics. Number two, birth control. You can see my blogs and podcast episode nine in the show notes, but birth control increases your risk of thyroid disease as it crashes hormones and leads to nutrient deficiencies by depleting the GI lining, both of which you need for a healthy and happy thyroid. Furthermore, the pill increases thyroid binding globulin and elevated thyroid binding globulin causes free thyroid hormone to become bound. So now any thyroid hormone your body can manage to make is available to your cells. Thank you, birth control. And there is a crazy statistic. If you go back to root cause research on autoimmune disease, I believe that's episode two. It's like one of the first three episodes. And the statistic is women who I'm, I don't remember the percentage, but it's something like 60 to 80% of women who've been on the pill over 10 years develop thyroid disease. It's like criminal. And yet we're like, oh, well, let's just cut it out. That's our solution. Okay. No more of that. So we know cold, hard truths, family history, birth control, menopause. Menopause is a normal, natural part of a woman's body, but because our society is setting us up for hormone crash and failure, the thyroid depends on the hormonal system to function. And during the shifting time for a woman, if an underlining hormone imbalance is exposed, which like most women, unless they're really diligent about their hormones, have an imbalance, the thyroid can take a hit. Hormones don't exist in a vacuum. When our sex hormones decline, so does our thyroid. My thyroid function came out of remission. So I was doing great, looking and feeling my best in my early thirties, hit perimenopause way early because of stress, society, all the things like toxins. It's just, even the lifestyle I was living, I still hit it. And remember I had a chronic illness for a long time. My thyroid function came out of remission when I hit perimenopause in my early thirties before I was able to heal with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. More on that in episode 10 with Lisa Everett Anderson, pharmacist. But okay, so we're starting to see like, why are women more susceptible? Family history, birth control, menopause, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, a heavy demand on an already stressed out thyroid gland accompanied by already existing thyroid inflammation results in postpartum thyroiditis. While a beautiful, healthy, and normal process, pregnancy is also a stressor on the thyroid. So it's kind of like, I think like to think of pregnancy and giving birth and postpartum, like running a marathon. If you were training for a marathon, you would be your best fed, rested, and shaped self. But so many of us gals go into pregnancy, birth, postpartum, already stressed out, already overextended, working too much, having more stressors, like not getting our own needs met. So of course the thyroid's going to be like, um, ma'am, it's not really fun in here where I'm living in this body and I'm just going to let you know. And then you feel like crap postpartum thyroiditis and postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Also like when you get depression just around your menstrual cycle, this is thyroid and hormonal related. The thyroid, the sex hormones, insulin, cortisol, everything talks to each other. And it's like, yeah, have you heard of that girl? The thyroid's like, ugh so pissed. I'm so annoyed with Susie liver down the street. And then we have sex hormones. They're just like so irritating. And then cortisol, man, that girl never shuts up. She's just running the show. Like your thyroid is that, is that girlfriend on the phone? Like just 
bitching about everything, right? Like she's, she's pissed and she's letting you know. And she's like, Hey, like you have all these like toxic friends that are out of control in your life, AKA in your body. And I'm just here to help you out sister and help you get a handle on this. So my biggest message as women is we're like, oh crap, well, just being a woman like sets me up for thyroid disease. This sucks. It's actually a blessing because your thyroid is going to tell you when your body's in and out of alignment, small shifts, 20% of your efforts will lead to 80% of your results. So if you're like, Jen, I have six kids. I work 60 hours a week. I'm a single mom and like all, like the whole list, right? I'm not saying you have to change your whole life. But maybe on Sundays, you have a complete self-care day, something like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Like little shifts. Maybe you start drinking lemon water instead of coffee in the morning to bring your cortisol down. Little shifts, 20% equals 80% of results. It's a physics law. You can look it up. Okay. Endocrine disruptors is women. I want you to think about when we are in, in Dillard's or Chanel and we pick up that beautiful bottle of perfume, where do we squirt it? Over our neck. Women more than men are adorning themselves with toxic perfumes, fragrant lotions, scented candles, all sorts of endocrine disruptor goodies. And most importantly, where do we spritz our perfume? One, if you have perfume, I promise you throw it away. Like it's not even, <laughs> I feel like in my world, I could say this and it could be just my serum. Like it's not even cool anymore. If someone pulls out perfume, we're like, what are we in high school? Is that Britney Spears midnight fantasy? And we're like, oh no, pass over the essential oils. Yeah, girl. That's so cool. But the toxic perfumes, fragrant lotions, scented candles, like this, this stuff has got to go if you're struggling with your hormones or your thyroid and especially where we're putting it on our neck. It's also really crucial to avoid plug-in air fresheners, Febreze sprays, Lysol. We're going to go all through this. Oh my gosh. I We need 27 episodes on the subject. I actually have an expert guest speaker coming to talk to us. We're going to have a whole resource guide, a course on this. This is one of the number one things that women ask is like, can, like where do I start? We will help you. We are getting there. Start with one product at a time, one bit of information at a time. First agenda item today, stop buying perfume. And if you have it, don't squirt it over your thyroid gland. Okay. So the thyroid and the liver have this really delicate relationship. Your liver is the site of the thyroid hormone traffic jam. Thyroid stimulating hormone, just TSH, which is like likely the only marker that your doctor is checking, is how your brain speaks to your thyroid. Your thyroid then responds by secreting T4 in a teeny tiny bit of T3. T4 is the inactive hormone that travels to other tissues in your body, namely the gut, liver, and kidneys, where it gets converted to T3, your active thyroid hormone that gives you energy and makes you feel alive. But most of this conversion takes place in the liver. So if you're struggling with your thyroid health, healing your liver is actually the most important piece. Healing your liver heals your gut and heals your thyroid. Healing your liver looks like stepping away from the overfed protein society, using food as medicine, tap water is toxic. <laughs> Forensic science has discovered that the thyroid is like a wide net for capturing toxins in the body. And so like the liver's job is to filter them out. The thyroid's capturing them and tap water toxins interfere with the thyroid's ability to concentrate iodine. Switching gears here for a second. 
Iodine is essential. The body needs iodine to make T3 and T4. The two main components of thyroid hormone are iodine and the amino acid L-tyrosine. So T3 is triiodothyronine is made up of tyrosine and three iodine atoms. T4 thyroxine is four iodine atoms hooked to tyrosine and most people are deficient in iodine. So it's just like, well, we need three atoms to make T3 and four to make T4. And half of the problem is our nutrient status. So high quality supplement or eating Atlantic sea doles, which can be really yummy if you use it the right way. Nori, Hello Sushi, Kelp can replenish your stores. 70% of the body's iodine is found in the thyroid gland and neck tissues. Crazy. So gobble up the iodine and you can take it in a supplement as well. Don't take it too close to bed though. You might feel like you don't sleep or if you do sleep, like you're not actually resting. And then lastly, iodine plays an important role in the detoxification of the thyroid gland by helping remove the thyroid toxic halogens in tap water, like chloride, fluoride, and bromide. We could go on and on about tap water, get on PubMed, Google the studies they're on there. If you don't believe me and just start like spring water in a jug. I know it's in plastic. We're doing the best we can get a Brita, get a Berkey controversy on Berkey. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about it yet. <laughs> I got to find out more for myself. Um, the reverse osmosis systems, like your fridge filtered something, something, get something for your water. That's all I ask. Okay. Let's talk about inflammation. Your siren is your, your thyroid, like is your body's siren, your body's antenna for when something is out of order. It will often be the first to signal inflammation occurring in the body. It's that canary in the coal mine being like danger, danger. So let's talk about some of the, the most common inflammatory creators for the thyroid. Number one, smoking. This creates direct oxidative damage to the thyroid. Dairy contains the most inflammatory and negative effects on the thyroid of all foods because it carries the most toxins and hormone disruptors of any food. Well, Jen, what about raw milk? Here's what I'll say on dairy. Your milk, you wouldn't give your breast milk to a camel. You wouldn't give your breast milk to a dog. Like your, like this mammal's milk goes with this mammal because this mammal's proteins are recognized by this mammal's offspring, right? So it's like, have you noticed when you get sick that your dog doesn't get sick because your dog is working with a different DNA and different protein system? That's the gist on milk. I will, I have plenty of, of clients who are like, but I swear these influencers and all these people are telling me that raw milk is the way to go. I promise you it's not stop drinking it. Notice how you feel. Cool. Gluten. So we have smoking, dairy, gluten. Glyphosate makes this food an equal runner up to dairy's detriment to the thyroid gland. It is key to avoid both during thyroid healing and in remission. Alcohol, if it isn't good for your liver, it ain't good for your thyroid. <laughs> also, viral, bacterial, fungal, and parasitic infections. Once we have those in the body, they're going to be going for that thyroid gland. Processed foods especially vegetable canola oils are by far the worst for the polyunsaturated fatty acids. Those things are like missiles into the thyroid gland, super toxic. 
heavy metals. Think of like, don't be spraying Roundup in your yard. Let the dandelions grow. They are beautiful. And all of your crunchy neighbors will know they're like a secret flag. When you have dandelions in your yard, they're like, hey, let your kids come play over here. There's no heavy metals, pesticides, herbicides, exterminators, weed killers, things like that over here. Think about beauty products, home cleaners, all of that stuff is loaded with heavy metals. If the brand isn't being intentional, it's toxic, I promise. And even intentional brands still have some ways to go, but we're, we're step-by-step, step, we're going to get there. Medications, beta blockers, glucocorticoid steroids, iron, when they give you the, the like fake iron at the doctor's office, oh man, we'll do a podcast on that. Okay. And then even your Levo, your Synthroid, your NatureThroid, the actual medications they prescribe for your thyroid disease are creating more inflammation and more thyroid disease. Why? These medications contain aluminum, talc, corn, your thyroid hates corn. Add it to the list of like when your thyroid gland calls up whoever to complain, it's like that cortisol, Kathy, and then we have corn. I can't think of another. <laughs> we have cortisol, Kathy. We have corn, Betty. We have, and just the liver issue, like all of these little friends of the thyroid, like she's calling to like talk smack on all of these and she, corn's on the list. Okay. I digress. I couldn't think of names quick enough. Contains So these medications, we have aluminum, talc, corn, ground, and pig gland. They just like mash up pig thyroid and are like, here, human, take that. You'll be fine. Your body hates this stuff. So at first your levels, you're going to, yeah, you're going to feel like bionic woman because your levels are going to shoot up temporarily. And then underneath the surface, there's more inflammation taking place. So after reading through this list, so we have smoking, dairy, gluten, alcohol, viral, bacterial, fungal, and parasitic infections. So it's like, if you have a cold, don't let it linger, get rest, you know, get that out processed foods, heavy metals, medications, all of this stuff, poisoning, inflaming your thyroid gland. This is why the thyroid's inflamed, stressed, poisoned, and not broken. So what if you're wondering, well, what are the symptoms of thyroid dysfunction that I should be looking for? So even if you've not been diagnosed, but you're leery of thyroid disease in the body, I will straight up read you a list. Hypothyroidism high cholesterol all of the time. Because remember, congested liver, you're going to have thyroid disease. And it's not cholesterol of like you're a couch potato. It's cholesterol from overfed protein, fat, inflammation. The body produces cholesterol as an anti-inflammatory. So when you have inflammation, you usually have high cholesterol and hypothyroidism. Hypothyroidism means that usually in the blood work, your TSH is high, your T3 and T4, one or both are low. Not always so. Sometimes you can have a normal TSH, which will be the only thing they run. And then underneath the surface, you'll have other values that are off. But here's are the symptoms you need to look for because your symptoms are your best biomarker. High cholesterol, cardiac irregularities, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, fatigue and apathy, poor memory or concentration, like brain fog. It's like you have a thought and it just like disappears. Low libido and infertility, low blood sugar, menstrual irregularities, fluid retention, 
slowed metabolism, constipation, asthma, and allergies. And your immune system just isn't doing too hot when you're hypothyroidism. The thyroid can pendulum swing to the other end of the spectrum. And your thyroid, when your autoimmune thyroid, when your Graves or Hashimoto's, and we'll go through a list of some conditions, you'll swing between hypo and hyper. So it might be like if your TSH is low, which is a hyperthyroid thing, and your T3 and T4 are, and your labs are always doing this weird dance that no one can quite figure out, this is really common. So hyperthyroidism, feeling overstimulated, unable to concentrate, irritable, insomniac, panic attacks, headaches, weight loss, decreased pain tolerance, bleeding gums or nose, bulging eyes, abnormal periods, and orgasm. Doesn't that really suck? All of us. Like you don't want to have to deal with hypo or hyperthyroidism. And really there's inflammation around the thyroid impairing its ability to do its job, which is throwing your whole system out of whack. If you go to the blog link listed in the show notes, the six steps you didn't know you needed to take when you've been diagnosed with thyroid disease, there's this beautiful graph and all of this information for the most part, I get on tangents and I like to add in things, but this graph that I'm not going to read you line by line, column by column, it would be very painful, has hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, Hashimoto's graves, subclinical hypo or hyper, so subtle thyroid symptoms, but your lab values are not yet to full dysfunction, postpartum thyroiditis, radioactive iodine, radiation therapy, nodules, goiter, Wilson syndromes, cretinism, myxedema, all of this listed with a description, what the lab value should be. Is it autoimmune? Can it be healed? And does it need medication or bioidentical thyroid in a nice little graph? So notice the, can it be healed column? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. There's 12 conditions listed. 10 are straight. Yes. One is yes, not a full recovery, but tissue can be regrown. And the last one is birth defects are irreversible, but thyroid function can be optimized. Your thyroid can heal. I don't care what they tell you. It can be optimized. If you have a thyroid that's functioning at 20%, we can likely take it to 60. If you've had your thyroid gland, if you drank the radioactive iodine, which God bless you, oh, um, then your thyroid can still there's still some working tissue. There's still a little bit of webbing that can regrow. So why can't we get, you might think your thyroid 0%, but why is, why can't we get it to 20, 25, 30, take less medication, right? And if you're taking medication, let's get you on the best kind. Okay. And one thing I didn't mention on the hypothyroidism with the myxedema is moon face where like your face is really puffy. That is thyroid 101. And most people at some point in their thyroid journey have that. So just be on the lookout. Now, what about the lab values? If I'm being honest, which is why I have you here listening to this, the lab values on your regular doctor's report, they're not going to cut it. Those values keep you off of medication and out of the operating room. I care about the ranges that will keep you feeling well and protect your thyroid function from further damage. So the next time you get your lab report, you can go to the blog and check out this graph linked in the show notes. And I'm going to tell you just a few couple things to look for 
on your lab report. So your doctor's like, oh, you're fine. So Jane Doe, nothing to see here, go on your way. And your TSH is like 0.9 <laughs> or seven. Their range is usually 0.5 to 10. I can tell you when my TSH is 9.5, I feel like a bag of rocks to say that nicely. A TSH of 0 0.7, 0 0.9, like what are you waiting for? You're waiting for this person to get to zero, like below 0.5. So what? Then you can either A, give them medication or B, cut their thyroid out. Like, no, this is not appropriate. This is not acceptable medical care. Your TSH needs to be 1.5 to three. Anything below or above that, your thyroid is not optimal. Your TPO, your thyroid peroxidase antibodies, essentially. So you're looking at what is, what's the immune system activity around the thyroid and ding, ding, ding. The immune system's not attacking your thyroid. It's going after that infection that lives in the thyroid. So your TPO, a really great value is zero. Lower eight or lower is great. Once you hit 12, you're like, okay, there's definitely some early autoimmunity. Most of the time, if it's at 15, eight to 15, we can get it reversed pretty quickly. Once you hit in the thirties, forties, fifties, um, I see values, 500s, 900s, so high, they won't register. You can reach remission of symptoms, but you will likely always have antibodies and that's okay. It's part of it, of having that, that kind of high stage thyroid disease. And you have a decent amount of thyroid tissue damage that can be regenerated, can be healed hundred percent. Probably not pretty high. Yes. Okay. Your T3, that's free. We like to see three to four. The graph says three to 3.5, just as a more narrow range, but three to four is great. And then your T4, six to 12. Okay. But there are some other markers like T3 uptake, reverse T3, free thyroxine index, Epstein-Barr nuclear antigen, AB, IgG. I love that test. Epstein-Barr almost always is high for someone with autoimmune thyroid. But something to think about, TSH, T3, T4 are normal, but you're having some thyroid symptoms and we're looking at T3 uptake, we're looking at reverse T3, T4 is converted to T3 in the liver. And when there's liver congestion, we know there's thyroid disease. Also, sometimes your thyroid's completely fine and you have low T3. What does this mean? This means there's usually a low carb and low caloric intake issue. So sometimes it's more of a liver and a nutritional issue than it is thyroid. And that happens quite often. I'd say 30 to 40% of the time. And because if your liver's not doing well and you're not getting the nutrients you need, you're definitely going to feel like you, there's something going on. So something that we were always taught in nurse practitioner school this is how you became a gold standard nurse practitioner. We are cost-effective nurse practitioners and we only ever start with the TSH to test our patient's thyroid. Yeah, literally what a lot of the highly renowned schools and instructors taught us. Why is a standard TSH? Like what, what are we just doing with that? That really doesn't tell you anything. That tells you when you've gotten to the point where it's not too far gone, but you're, you're in some deep mud, you're in some deep water. And then even with only a T3 and a T4, like the whole panel, 
this lab value chart, I want you to print off and take to your physician and be like, I need these ran. And if they won't do it, go see someone else. I don't care about insurance. And they can code this in a way that your insurance covers it if they work with insurance. They don't like to though, because they get questioned and it's harder on them. Da, 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 da. I get that. And at the end of the day, they, they're a person too, and they have a livelihood, but you can pay like 80 bucks out of pocket for a full thyroid panel with everything listed and get your results and know what the heck is going on and not have to do it the backwards system way. Because the TSH, when they just run that one value, it's only going to show you a complete collapse of the thyroid gland. There must be a 35% decrease in thyroid function before blood work will even acknowledge that your symptoms are legitimate. And 35% is a lot. So, so many clients have their labs drawn and their doctor's like, oh, you're normal. Yeah, normal according to the ranges that LabCorp requests or, you know, the general population gives you, but that's just keeping you away from surgery and medication. I'm in the business of helping you thrive. And so are your other functional medicine, holistic, what have you practitioners. So the TSH, the standard lab value drawn may or may not be normal according to the functional ranges, but the TPO, the thyroid antibodies, what we really need drawn will tell us more about the inflammatory process taking place at the thyroid site. And furthermore, if the TSH is normal, the body could be working really hard to compensate while the TPO is extremely out of range, indicating that the thyroid is struggling with a foreign pathogen infection. Lots of times, you remember what I said, what infection it can be? Epstein-Barr virus. A lot of times, most of the time. If not, we'll find out what it is. Bottom line, if you don't feel fine, you are not fine. And there's just like a little birdie in my ear being like, remind them. So you can go back to the root cause research on autoimmune disease one of the very first episodes, I think it's like episode two or three. And there is the research on Epstein-Barr virus and what autoimmune diseases they're seeing it is a precursor to. What I'm saying is you don't have to try to, there's a lot of argument over that. And I know most listeners in this community are like just thankful for the information, but then there's like, we get comments and input, which we love the feedback, but it's like, why are you arguing with the evidence? I get it. Research is faulty. Not everything is there, but like it's Epstein-Barr. It's not genetics. We're moving forward. We are past the 1990s where we thought thyroid disease was only genetics. Okay. Oh, I get really like just animated about this stuff because I feel my blood pressure rising. Cause it's like, when I get to give this information on a platform, it's like all of the energy of every single client and person and information source that I've come across of like people being led astray, like boils up in my blood. And then it's like out onto the microphone. So thank you for still listening. Now let's get to the six steps to healing. Okay. Number one, how to heal your thyroid disease. You've been given a diagnosis or you just self-diagnosed, which for the purposes of this podcast is appropriate. Get some blood work done just to make sure. Number one, how to heal. Understand that your body is not attacking itself. Your body and your thyroid can heal. Also understand your GI disturbances, hormone imbalance, and energy levels are all connected. Most important thing, your body's not attacking itself. Number two, 
Hire a functional medicine provider you resonate with and find your root cause, likely a viral infection, test, don't guess, get the test ran, they're helpful. A comprehensive lab panel is ideal. A full thyroid panel must be drawn, including all of the markers above if needed. And sometimes, sometimes reverse T3, I won't always put on a panel, to be honest, for practitioners who are listening, unless I'm suspecting like a Wilson syndrome. Sometimes I have a pretty good idea just without running it if this patient is needing to be really cost conscious and the, the least tests we can run, the better place they're going to be economically. So it's best to include a viral panel if suspected autoimmune thyroid is present. You can look at CBC, you can look at their white blood cell count. Five to eight is the range there. You, If they're high or low, if they're high, it's like their immune system army. They have a lot of soldiers. There's, there's a lot of hands on deck. And then eventually a high white blood cell count will go low when the infection is not handled. So you'll see white blood cell counts of like three, four, 2.5, even when it's not malignancy in the body, because the immune system is like, it's like all the soldiers are like, I am so tired. I'm calling into work today. So you're operating with 20, 30, 50, 60% staff theoretically, right? So just a little word on, on blood work. Number three, change your diet. You knew that was coming, didn't you? Every time we take a bite of food, we either fight or feed infections in the body. Thyroid disease is inflammation secondary to existing chronic infections. So I'll lay it right out for you. Free one-on-one info, foods that feed infections, gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, corn, Corn Kathy, is that what we called her? Man, she is not a cool lady. Gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, corn, vegetable oils like canola, and just the word vegetable, peanut. You have three safe oils. They're coconut, avocado, and olive. The rest, even sunflower, grapeseed, none of that. It's junk and processed sugar. Those are the foods that feed infections. Gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, corn, vegetable oils, processed sugar. Not fruit sugar. Okay. Foods that... That um, fight infections. Did I say that wrong? Foods that feed infections, gluten, dairy, egg, soy, corn, vegetable oils, processed sugar, foods that fight, kapow, out with the viruses, bacteria, parasites, junk in the body, fruit smoothies, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, leafy greens, vegetables, herbs, garlic and onion, raw nuts and seeds, honey, maple syrup, coconut water, celery juice. Those are just a few of many suggestions. And then remember we said kelp, nori, and Atlantic seedles for your iodine sources. Okay. So number four, and I'm going to come back and hit on some of these nutrients specifically that I think you might want to know where to get and what sources. So for the six steps, we've said, understand your body's not attacking itself. Number one, hire a functional medicine root cause practitioner. Number two, change your diet. Number three, we went over what the main things were. Number four, replenish nutrient and vitamin deficiencies with high quality supplements. You wouldn't believe what some companies use as supplement fillers, soybean oil, corn byproduct, food dyes, the active ingredient and antifreeze, <sighs> any of the supplements listed in my dispensary, inspirehealthbygen.com products are of the highest standard because I wouldn't put them in my body and I wouldn't recommend them to you. So here are the common supplements I quote unquote prescribe for thyroid healing clients. Iodine, Avi, zinc, B12, ashwagandha, DIM, depending on if we're dealing with estrogen excess or not, 
lysine, ester C, magnesium, glycinate. So brands really, really do matter. And in fact, we will just have that in the products, which I have right now, in the show notes. So take a look at your supplements. Like it's, if you're spending money on something with like soybean oil and fillers and junk in it, just stop spending money on it. It's better to not have it, get it from food and then replace it with a better brand as you're able. So number five out of the six, which will probably turn into seven steps to heal after a thyroid disease diagnosis, medication can be appropriate in certain case studies. Number five, however, the commercial thyroid medications are inferior quality and in that they create more inflammation in the thyroid containing known thyroid irritants, GMO gluten and dairy that's in your levothyroxine. GMO corn, aluminum, and pig thyroid. For those still struggling with thyroid function after all other interventions, so you've done everything else, it's been ample amount of time, we can always get you on a bioidentical T4 and sometimes T3 being the most appropriate. And I work with Orion Pharmacy in Mission, Kansas, and they ship nationwide. So even with thyroid deactivation or removal, it is appropriate to see how the thyroid regrows itself, then supplement pharmaceutically from there after. So number five is medication. Number six, remove the blockage. Stored trauma or damaging events to the nervous system live in the thyroid gland when related to the inability to speak or express one's truth. The throat chakra, it's an energy center located just above the thyroid gland, like on top of it, houses all seven main energy centers or chakras. So your thyroid chakra is like all of your energy centers into one. And it's, it's like looking into a magnifying glass of your energy body. When the energy flow through your body is disconnected, the thyroid disease often ensues. Working with an energy healing practitioner or somatic body worker can help you heal the root, root cause of all thyroid disease, which is a blockage in the energy field. Because your, your thyroid chakra has your thyroid chakra in your throat. That's what we're calling it. Thyroid chakra. Throat chakra shows all seven energy centers and the throat chakra is imbalanced when there's an imbalance in any other center. So the throat chakra can be the hardest one to balance sometimes because it's, it's just mirrored. Remember it's the canary and the coal mine, both physically and energetically and all disease of any kind begins in the energy field. If we're only treating the physical body, we are vastly limited in our healing. And then we're going to get into that here in a second. But what do you know? I accidentally a little bit added on an extra step, extra bonus step. So we have the sixth and number seven is exercise because you really want all six in place first. Interestingly enough, research shows that exercise helps both hypo and hyperthyroidism by increasing blood flow to the thyroid gland, providing increased nutrient and oxygen accessibility. But like, if you can't get out of bed, this was literally me. I remember, oh man, what I could tell my like 20 year old stuff. I couldn't get out of bed, but I would still like go make my workouts. I don't know why, but like, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> to a certain point. And then it got to where like, I really couldn't get out of bed, but I would lay in bed all day. And then I'd have my one hour at the gym trying to look like a fitness pro, but my thyroid was in the tank. I don't know if it makes sense to you. Let me know, but it definitely didn't make sense. Um, 
looking back and just having grace for yourself. Like we were all doing the best we could with the information we knew how, right? Okay. I want to come back to food for a second and what your thyroid needs nutritionally. And then we're going to, to close out with the energetics of the thyroid. So the mineral salts and celery juice, what your thyroid needs, that's number one. So think of mineral salts as this, like, if you're thinking of positive and negative ions, this balancing act, mineral salts and celery juice, your adrenals, your thyroid, love it. The nourishing glucose and fruits don't avoid the fruits. I, a friend sent me a podcast the other day and this expert woman was on there saying that like, we wouldn't have thyroid disease if we didn't eat fruit. And I wish that was an overgeneralization of what she was saying. She said, eat beans, the soluble fiber will detox you. Okay. I can get behind that. If you have a liver that can break them down and then stop eating fruit and then no one will have thyroid disease. I was like, she asked me for my opinion. I was like, I can't hold a woman credible that says this. I just, I was, I'm not surprised anymore, but from someone who's healed thyroid disease in themselves and hundreds of others, the mineral salts and celery juice, the nourishing glucose and fruits is what your body needs. Your body also really loves the calming effects of potatoes, any kind, sweet, white, gold, red, purple, sweet potatoes are really nourishing to the vagus nerve. And your thyroid is very connected and sensitive to your nervous system. So one of the big, like the biggest reasons for a thyroid storm or flare is stress and sweet potatoes are stress busters, lemon balm tea, the immune boosting properties of iodine. So we talked about ways to get that kelp, nori and Atlantic seedles supplementation as well. Vitamin D in nature. There's no supplement like the sun. Even if it's just your face, a walk in the winter, it'll help the trauma relief of energy healing. Think about that. Something I can like feel my thyroid getting tight. My body has this weird gift where I feel in my body, what other people are experiencing, especially in a one-on-one, but it can also happen in like readings or energetic circumstances where I'm speaking a podcast and you're listening at another point in time. And like, just saying that, like, Oh, the body's like, no, 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 protect it. Keep it in and loving on your body and saying, I see you. I know it's in there. I'm going to find a way to help you. And then nutrients for thyroid regulation that are really, really important supported by the data. And this is also in the blog post and the, this sources are cited. Selenium is found in Brazil nuts, Brussels sprouts, and brown rice. Zinc, you can find in peas, spinach, asparagus, broccoli, iodine, seaweed, dulse, kelp, spirulina, iron and leafy greens, vitamin A, carrots, mango, papaya, sweet potato, vitamin D, sunshine, mushrooms, salmon. So selenium, in several studies, selenium is inversely correlated with TPO, and with TSH. What does this mean? The more selenium you consume, the happier your thyroid levels are. So Brazil nuts, Brussels sprouts, brown rice, zinc. Your thyroid loves zinc, especially for your hair and nail growth. Studies have shown that zinc deficiency lowered free T3 and T4 concentrations by approximately 30%. Low levels of free T3 and T4 
Low levels of free T3 and normal T4, but elevated reverse T3 are associated with mild to moderate zinc deficiency. Taking oral zinc supplements for 12 months normalized the serum free T3 and total T3 levels, decreased the reverse T3 and normalized the TSH. Zinc is one of the best things, especially for like hair and nails, like the collagen, ditch that, you don't need that. There's a whole, we can do another show on that. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily recommend collagen for a variety of reasons. A really high quality zinc, one of my dispensary designs for health is a great brand. My nails, those are my nails on a desk, rock hard because of zinc. And you can find zinc, peas, spinach, asparagus, broccoli. Okay. Iron from leafy greens. Recent studies reveal serum iron concentrations were lower in participants with subclinical hypothyroidism than other subjects. Your thyroid gland needs iron to function. Iodine, spirulina, kelp, dulse, seaweed, Disclaimer, iodine can be a double-edged sword. Lab values, both low and high in iodine are associated with hypothyroidism. And studies have shown that both low and high urinary iodine excretion are associated with hypothyroidism. High intake of iodine also increases the risk of Hashimoto's. There's That's a loaded statement. I'm quoting the research. It is important to work with a knowledgeable practitioner for guidance. Your iodine is not causing your Hashimoto's, but it can flare things up seemingly because it has that like Herx reaction. Like iodine is like charge into the thyroid is blasting things apart when there's an infection. So on the surface, it can look worse. I recommend doing a modest dose of iodine with Hashimoto's and your vitamin A. So think of those orange foods, carrots, sweet potatoes, mango, papaya, Vitamin A will be important because your mama always told you, you need to eat your fruits and veggies for a reason. Vitamin A deficiency can decrease thyroid iodine uptake, increase thyroid size, reduce hepatic conversion. So liver conversion of T4 to T3 and result in moderate increased TSH. Eat your fruits and veggies. And then last but not least, we know the sunshine, mushrooms, and salmon can give us that vitamin D. Low vitamin D is highly correlated with autoimmune disease in the thyroid. In one study, vitamin D deficiently was significantly higher in patients with autoimmune thyroid disease compared with healthy individuals, 72% versus 30%, as well in patients with Hashimoto's thyroiditis compared to patients with non-autoimmune thyroid, 79 to 52. Get in the sun and snack on your shiitake mushrooms for better health. Okay. So you know where to get your most important nutrients. Now, a little bit about my story, and then we'll get into the energetics of your thyroid, which I think is the best part. I look back and sure enough, this evidence laid out before you today certainly tells my story with autoimmune thyroid disease, tap water tonics, trauma stored in my throat chakra, nutrient deficiencies fed by college food, Epstein-Barr virus running amok and a TPO lab value literally so high it didn't even register on my blood work. I had full blown Hashimoto's with your classic moon face, mix edema and fatigue. So intense. I could nap at the drop of a hat. So flashback to nursing school at 22 years old, I was certainly struggling with my thyroid, but because Western medicine, old system told me I was fine. I believed it. I remember vividly sitting in pathophysiology class as a professor read from a blue and yellow slide that said the words, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. 
I read a little bit further about the condition describing, it said like fatigue, depression, body pain, weight gain, thinning hair, little hope for life. And I was like, wow, that would sure suck to have. Little did I know I literally had that exact condition. And that was what was brewing inside of my body and why I was feeling the way I was feeling, but I was told I was fine. So when I went to get my symptoms checked out, my endocrinologist, he was like, well, um, after your first baby, let's just uh, remove your thyroid and then medicate you. And so I left that office, never went back. I didn't know there was a better way, but something in me was like, don't listen to that. So when I started my functional medicine practitioner with a program with a functional medicine practitioner, they had me eliminate gluten and dairy. That was really big. And I noticed immediate energy increase and weight loss as that infection had less ammo. So we think of the foods that feed infections, the foods that bite. And then things got really bad when I started on a parasite cleanse, it wrecked my liver. I wasn't converting T4 to T3. My T3 was tanking and that like the keto plus all of that did not work for me. And I remember telling them, I think it's my liver. And they're like, no, we just need another supplement to help with this. And my liver was developing cirrhosis. I could feel it out of my rib cage. And I wish I would have trusted my intuition and quit the program much sooner than I did. But I was desperate. I wanted to give anything. I see this a lot in chronic illness. Like we're like, I just want to get it, give it long enough. And it's a fine line because I will tell you this, the symptomless healing will work for your thyroid. And yeah, it does take time. And so sometimes we're giving the things that need more time, not enough time and vice versa. And you know, what I say is we have to figure it out to know what does and doesn't work for us. Right. So I'm feeling better in my thirties than I ever did in my twenties. I no longer have thyroid disease symptoms and I'm living my symptomless life awakened to my intuition and the truth that my body is telling. And today in my practice, I treat hundreds of women who felt just like I did receive the same information in men, but thyroid disease, remember it's more common in women. Hear me, your body's never attacking itself. Your body's not broken. You can heal and rise from the ashes of thyroid disease. All right. Now let's wrap this up with the most interesting portion of the podcast. Every single disease is both physical and energetic in the body. I would be doing you a disservice today if we close this podcast without understanding the energetics behind thyroid disease as well. And I'll keep it succinct and sweet. Thyroid dysfunction, it's genetic, or it's not genetic, it's energetic. Thyroid dysfunction, it's not your genes, it's your energy. So if you're wondering if your fatigue, weight gain, hair loss, thinning nails, and other thyroid symptoms happen simply because they quote unquote run in your family, that's not the case. Your thyroid is energetically struggling. What do I mean? The frequency of foreign invader pathogens are creating a damper on your thyroid function. So they carry an energy and they are a buzzkill. The frequency of foods you're consuming are not a match for your thyroid to heal. Those heavy laden oils, toxic oils are really bringing down the ATP production in your cells, which is just bogging you down and making your immune system bog down. And this infection can grow and grow and grow. The frequency of trapped trauma in your body is heavy and it impedes everything from your immune function, nervous system function to your sleep. 
The frequency of your limiting beliefs are holding you back from true healing, not believing that your body can heal and seeing our bodies as the problem. So sure, 5% of all disease is actually genetically linked, but only when the organism, which is us, is operating outside of the laws of nature, which is how we're designed to live, which is opposite of what society is doing for us today. When it comes to thyroid disease and all autoimmune conditions in the body, remember, it's not genetic, it's energetic. It's not your genes, it's your energy. And the good news is your body can heal. So how does thyroid disease begin in the energy field? It starts with not faulty genetics, not a confused immune system, and maybe a little bit of hormone imbalance. But here's the truth. Here's how your thyroid disease began in your energy field. You're an empath, a highly sensitive person. This means you have an open energy field that is a gift in allowing you to feel for others deeply and be highly spiritually in tune. This also, this open energy field also becomes a challenge when a pathogen like a virus is surveying your body for a low frequency center to sink its roots into. So it gets in through, like you breathe it in, it's in your gut, it's in your respiratory tract. And then it's like, where am I going to live long-term where I'm not always detected in the blood work? So it's looking for this low frequency center. Remember what we talked about. If that thyroid chakra, (laughs) the throat chakra has things that's held back. And at the time you encounter this pathogen, you're also experiencing trauma that is causing a power shortage to the energy center or organ it chooses to inhabit. So your thyroid and your throat chakra and an infection brews as the immune system is fatigued from the stress response. The thyroid is working, but the immune system is firing attacks to the intruding virus and the thyroid tissue is simply in the war path. So a pathogen gets in your body. You're having trouble speaking your truth. Maybe there's trauma, oppression, abuse going on. You're not able to talk about, or maybe you're just not able to talk about how you really feel. You have a pathogen. It bunkers down in your thyroid. Your immune system detects it. It's going in and through the thyroid gland, trying to get to the infection. The testing is picking up thyroid tissue destruction. Your body's not attacking the thyroid disease or the the thyroid. The thyroid disease is because your body's going after the infection. The infection is in your thyroid because it started actually as a low frequency center because of the energetics in your life, right? So stop feeding the pathogen its favorite foods. Stop believing your body's attacking itself. And we can start to debride the body of stored trauma and stuck energy. So there's this little loop on the Canva graphic on the blog. It's like sensitive and open energy field leads to pathogen enters into the thyroid energy field, leads to infection is activated by simultaneous trauma, leads to thyroid gland dysfunction occurs, which leads to sensitive and open energy field. It's this loop where everyone with Epstein-Barr, everyone with a little bit of suppressed trauma would have this. It has to be this perfect storm with the energy field, with the physical body. So thyroid disease looks like being silenced or suppressed by a caretaker at a young age, enduring trauma you were not able to speak about, inability to speak your truth out of fear or force, and a sensitive nervous system in a chaotic environment. Remember the thyroid's really linked to the nervous system. 
So eating all of the healing foods and correcting all of the nutrient imbalances in the body will help you heal. But will the physical healing help you heal 100%? That's like asking, will installing the fire alarm get you out of a burning building? We are 50% physical body and 50% energy body or soul. Our healing journey has to encompass both food and energy as medicine. And I was about 70 to 80% healed right? Where I was healing, but to where I was like, okay, again. And then I started energy healing. Then my body began to soar to new levels. And I started to open my vessel to allow years of trauma to be cleared and my body to be set free through this somatic healing. And it's the somatic healing I practice and I teach and I certify others in once a year. We are a soul having a human experience. We cannot ignore the soul and ask the body to heal. So attuning our attention to the energy body is crucial when healing autoimmune or thyroid disease. You can have nearly perfect blood work, ultrasounds, and testing while still experiencing debilitating symptoms in the body. I see this happen all of the time. Tests are all fine, even in functional standards. Energetically, the body is so weighed down. So we can throw ourselves into the perfect nutrition and supplement regimen, yet abandon all of the emotional healing to be had due to the trauma locked deep within the thyroid. Or on the contrary, we can be doing all of the spiritual work and blame our symptoms on quote unquote ascension and not the toxic vegetable oil laden corn, Kathy tacos with cheese we're eating on the regular. It has to be both. We are a physical body housing an energetic soul. It's both. It's always both. And you need a practitioner that will hold space to help you heal both. And I want to make this really clear about the work that I do as a functional medicine nurse practitioner, as as the work of any other provider, professional, healer, anyone does. And it's a medicine woman's prayer. I will not rescue you for you are not powerless. I will not fix you for you are not broken. I will not heal you for I see you in your wholeness. I will walk with you through the darkness as you remember your light. If you need support, check out the blog links and my website for one-on-one support linked in the show notes. And until next week, my loves, remember that your body can heal. Did you enjoy the show? Did this help you move the needle on your healing journey today? If you're feeling filled up with gratitude in your heart, could you please take 30 seconds to rate, subscribe, and leave a review? Leaving a review is the merit I so appreciate in producing this content for this amazing community. Thank you for your help and dedication from the bottom of my heart, and I'll see you next week. Hey, real quick, before you go, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. If you could do one thing for me and leave a review on either Apple or both, Apple and Spotify podcasts, leave five stars, tell others about how this message is reaching you and serving you. Be sure to check out the show note links, middaybitchin.com for my blog and inspirehealthbyjen.com on my websites where you can subscribe and receive free content, newsletters, bonuses, and podcast drop dates right into your inbox.